The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts and guests of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs broadcasted on this station. If you would like to know more about Valley Free Radio, please visit us at valleyfreeradio.org. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, and with me tonight are uh, Susan Timberlake. Hey there. And George Claxton. Good evening. With the uh, highly imitable Jonah Roberts on the board. That was just highly? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, you were inimitable before, but I guess guess that's not true. Apparently. Yeah. And Stefan Wardwheaton, our other producer, is lurking somewhere and may have something useful to say. We'll see. He's certainly trying to check things as we talk in real time. Um, so, before we get into talking about politics this week, we should say that we really like to hear from you. Uh, and you can get in touch with us uh, via, well, a few different ways. Via email. It's uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, on Facebook, we are facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio. And uh, on Twitter, we are at civilpoliticsfm. We also have a uh, website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. And we'd love to hear from you during the show. Uh, Our website has recordings of previous episodes of the show. During the show, our esteemed uh, sound people and producers are keeping an eye on our contact info. So if you have uh, questions or comments during the broadcast, we would love to hear from you, and we'll try to address them as we go. The one other thing I just want to mention is um, coming up in one, two, uh, three, a little over a month from now, uh, will be the Valley Free Radio Spring Pledge Drive. That's going to run from May 7 through 13. We're an all-volunteer, nonprofit, low-budget station, and that's what keeps us on the air, your donations. So, uh, you know, when we do that... We hope you will uh, contribute. I mean, you can contribute now, but if you contribute during the pledge drive, the estate of my late brother, David Dow, will be contributing $10 for each human being who gives us money. So uh, that's a great way to leverage your donation and help us out more. Tell your friends. Not to be confused with the Dr. Dow on United Airlines, right? It's been really (laughs) weird hearing them talk about that because the name is not spelled the same, D-A-O instead of D-O-W. But it is, it sounds exactly <laughs> the same. So I keep hearing David Dow, you know, was, you know, got a concussion and was beaten up. And, and, and it's just like, and it's not that like, I, I, I it, it's not that I, I, it like it hurts or like I like go, oh, or it makes me feel. It's jarring. Grief. But it, yeah, <laughs> jarring. It's sort of like every time it's sort of like, you should pay more attention to this because that's your brother. No, it's not. But every time it's. You know, like a like a light flashing out of the corner of your eye, and every time <laughs> I turn and look. So, interestingly, um, the day after that video came out on the net, mm-hmm. the value of United Airlines dropped nine hundred million dollars. Because not only wa- uh, were people here in the U.S. really upset and disgusted by that, uh, turns out. That uh, because Dr. Dow uh, is of Chinese ancestry, I think he originally came from Vietnam. Yes, but but he's still of Chinese. Heritage. But ethnic Chinese, yeah. So China, the 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 the, the huge population of China that was became aware of this, uh, 
noted that he looked Chinese and were kind of wondering if maybe a country with a bit of a history of racial discrimination like the United States possibly he got that rough treatment because of the color of his skin more than anything else. Boy, did they and give who him can rule that treatment. out? I'm sorry. And, yeah. they, and they launched a program to boycott United Airlines, which has a very large presence in China. Yeah, or so, had. <laughs> well, they may get it back, but it's certainly a problem for them. So, I'm sorry, you were about to say? Oh, I was just saying, he got really badly beaten up. I was yeah. amazed. They they broke, they broke knocked out his front teeth. They gave yep. him a concussion. Broke some bones. Yeah, yeah they really beat... I, I think they must not have told the police that he was a paying passenger. I think they must have thought he was unruly and disruptive, which he wasn't yeah. really, but somehow... Well, until they started beating on him. Yeah. <laughs> They were they were removing him because uh, United Airlines employees needed the seat. Yeah, yeah, well, we, I know we, why. Know, we know that. Yeah, yeah so but I was just saying that the policeman, the way they reacted, was as if he were, you know, a potential terrorist. Well, so you wonder if something got lost in the translation. I'm turn off my mic now. Oh. <laughs> yes, yeah, so the the background of this is that there were four employees of United Airlines that needed to get to a place where they could board their own plane and fly it somewhere. They, they were flying it out of out of Louisville later, And yeah. uh, basic, basically line. what it comes down to is when you purchase an airline ticket, you are agreeing to various things that the airline requests, including at that time, if they needed to bump you, somebody would get bumped. Though in this case... They could literally have paid this guy $800 million to take another flight and come out better than they did. Well, it's, it's Or pay more to the three who did yeah. take the, you know, get bumped, and they would have gotten somebody else. I think part of it is they were just being cheapskates. They, didn't even, they weren't yeah. even at $1,300. They yeah. were at like the, 800 or something? 800 Well, and it's also worth noting, um, uh, I, I'm not an expert, and uh, it, has, it just hasn't gone to trial yet. But I did read an analysis by an attorney, and I think I posted it to my Facebook, but uh, who basically was looking over the contract of carriage and was pointing out that, like, the, the stipulation says that United can, if they're overbooked, they can deny you boarding. They can say, you can't get on the plane and have a seat, because it says boarding repeatedly. Yes. Once oh, you're in a seat... They can't do that. Well, <laughs> that's the argument. I mean, yeah. maybe, maybe they can. It depends on how the whole term of boarding is construed. They do have the right to have... Uh, what the what, meaning of is is. Right. Well, I mean, but it's a contract and, you know, legal terms have specific meanings. But um, the other thing is they can have people yanked off a plane, but there's a specific list of reasons why, you know, like you're being disruptive or you have a health crisis. Threatening or other whatever. people. You're threatening people. You're drunk. But, have you a know, bomb, being you know. overbooked isn't one of them. So it's possible that United just violated their own contract. And if that's and true, we'll have no leg to stand on. Well, I, I would point out that at this point, it's never going to trial. They're going to settle out of court. It would be yeah. insane to let this go to trial. Right now, they have, they have gotten so much bad publicity. You know, we're, we're not even talking about Pepsi anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, we are kind of still talking about Sean Spicer. but <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're definitely talking about Sean Spicer. But those unbalanced contracts that you see everywhere, yeah. you have to click, I accept the terms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're sometimes 100 pages long. Yeah. And nobody reads them. And yeah. and they're very one-sided. And I think yeah. that's an area where Congress could get actually involved. I, I agree. Though apparently one of the legal principles involved, like one of the little sort of 
good things going on here. And apparently, when you have a situation like this where United writes the contract and you oh, have yeah. to agree or not, yeah, <laughs> um, things they always have to construe it in the least favorable light to United. Yeah, because they wrote it. Right, yeah. they wrote it. So if like, oh, you didn't <laughs> specify the difference between boarding and being seated, well, then you lose. <laughs> Say goodnight, Dick. Yeah. And the CEO of United has said since that time that they are not going to drag people off planes for that reason again. Anymore. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> or call in the local police. Uh, uh, I heard that at one point. I don't know if that yes, was the Yes, they're, they're not going to get police to drag people off of planes, and it was stupid to do that in the first place. We've yeah. had this problem also in schools across America. I was just going to go there. Where they call in police, and they say that a student is being disruptive, and often the student isn't being disruptive. It's just a girl whose skirt is too short or something. And the we'll cops put down her drag, cell phone. Them, drag them out. And you Learning know, we, while black. We, we have the case of the kid in Texas who built a clock and oh, was literally dragged out of class and handcuffed yeah. for building a clock. Yeah. Because somehow they decided it was a bomb, so instead of asking the kid to carry it outside, they decided to keep what they thought was a bomb in the schoolhouse. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But the kids end up with records, all yeah. this stuff that's just way overkill. Yeah. And I've certainly, like, it, there's uh, quite a number of videos I've seen on YouTube of just, you know, like a student sitting in a seat. And, Getting you know, one slammed. of those seats with, like, the, yeah, yeah, and the, the guy, <laughs> like, you know, is throwing them to the ground and shoving them around until eventually they can pull them out and drag them out, you know, by their hair or whatever. And it's just, what is the point? Why can a policeman do that and the teacher can't? Uh, well, uh, because <laughs> the police have law enforcement powers and teachers don't. Yeah. I mean, a, a pol uh, under some circumstances, it is perfectly lawful and appropriate, I think. You're a law and order Republican, so I know you yeah. agree with me, for a police officer to violently apprehend somebody. <laughs> but it's really got to be, you know, it's limited. And uh, the idea that it's. Well, it should be limited. Yeah. yeah the, well, it's theoretically limited. And the idea that it should apply to someone sitting in a chair in a school is nuts who's being a teenager right exactly yeah. you know but i'm just wondering why the teacher can't grab somebody by the arm and haul him down to the office well liability you know because there's liability if nothing yeah. else yeah, there, there, there's a variety of reasons and it varies depending upon the state that you're in in some states teachers can do that yeah. in massachusetts you can't well and and just the idea like the the more physical violence is okay especially from adults towards children the more we sort of encourage violence in our society and create problems that sort of you know ramify down the years um, i'm not sure i would agree with that position uh when i was in school however Teachers were, in fact, allowed to hit you. S certainly the vice principal was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that disciplined person. Yep. At my school, um, the principal used a cricket bat and had drilled holes in the cricket bat oh, to great. reduce air, air resistance. And you'd have Left to bend mark. over a chair and he'd smack you in the buttocks with the cricket bat. Hmm. So, uh, public school education. I yeah. was going to say, that's American public school, not a yes. British public school. Which where, where things were worse in some cases. Oh, yeah, absolutely. In, in my era, one of my friends who had long hair um, was sort of taken out back by the football coach and the vice principal of 
discipline and they shaved his head and they beat the hell out of him. Right. Excuse my language. Sorry. So this is but that was the Vietnam era and people were afraid well, of what was happening. That kind of stuff still happens some. And I just, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. I think it's Probably not in Massachusetts too much. I hope not. But it's it's crazy and inappropriate and, and, and wrong. It, it, doesn't, hap- it, it doesn't actually help. It happens in the South and the Midwest all yeah, the time. Still. There are yeah. still schools where they make girls kneel on the ground and measure their skirts. And if the skirt doesn't come to the ground while you're kneeling, they will send you home home. or forcibly take you someplace to put on different clothes. Uh, And they will take uh, people out and cut their hair if they think the hair is too long. Right. It's just, it's tyrannical. Um, I I don't see, you know, like, like, like. You're again. I'm looking at Sue, like the Republican. Like, <laughs> surely this is the opposite of this is intrusive government overreach. You know, like you've got to have shorter hair. You know, I hey, I'm a more of the libertarian wing. I just can't believe they have any interest in it. Yeah. Or why? You know. Well, it's a great way to make sure people behave, and then are more likely. I've seen a number of people com- people complaining about Dr. Dow saying. Why did he kick up a fuss? Look at him screaming. <laughs> it's like he's a baby. It's like he's like someone who's being attacked by armed people. <laughs> yeah, he <You> was. <laughs> so did you see what the airline did? I I'm not going to repeat what the what the issues were, but they trashed his reputation. There was a release yeah. of his previous Apparently he had some kind of criminal conviction from about a decade ago. He had a felony conviction for right. yeah. illegal, illegal prescriptions, prescriptions I wasn't and for say what it was. trading, <laughs> trading <laughs> drugs it doesn't, for sex. It doesn't matter. Yeah, that's why uh, I was going to... It had nothing to do with them dragging him up. Yeah, the right, exactly. And I think that tactic to, I mean, a, a little bit... It President Trump massively. does that. You know, oh, yeah. look at this person, they're <coughs> so evil. And it's, and it's so amazing to go there and blame the victim. It's just... it's. You know, it's by, just by the way, shocking. you know, we we've been talking about all of this stuff that they're doing in schools and dragging people off of planes and whatnot. Uh, the Senate in Alabama just this week passed a law to allow the Briarwood Presbyterian Church in Birmingham to have its own police force. Yeah, I, I just want to mention you're listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Yeah, that was pretty like that like. <laughs> Religious police force? I, 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 have they not heard of Mike, the Constitution? <laughs> no one expects the Spanish Inquisition. Oh, right. <laughs> and will these poli- police be armed with soft pillows and comfy chairs? <laughs> Unfortunately not. They'll be was armed with actual firearms. Yeah. Was that like with for Brian? Or <laughs> uh, that's Monty Python, Monty from, Python. The, Monty yeah. from the show, yeah. Well, I heard a good argument for it, which I was surprised by, because I heard that and I went, huh? There's a good argument for it? Yeah, Holy Cross. Every religious college has its own police department, very much the same way. That's not a good excuse. I I thought it was a good excuse because there are religious, um, what do you call it, um, in Utah? In Utah, um, I can't think of the fellows. Uh, Brigham and Young University. Brigham and yeah, they they have their own police force. They are, and so does UMass. Yeah, but I'm saying they're but religious. There's a difference f- between a university doing it and a house of religion doing it, particularly given that this law specifies that it is the Briarwood Presbyterian Church. So, first of all, it's unconstitutional on the face of it, whether or not a religious institution has guards and police officers. 
this is saying this specific church. We're passing this law to allow this specific church to do it. So the Catholic church across the street may not be able to under the law as it was passed. The synagogue that, across, down the street can't yes. either. Yeah. And I'd be willing to bet you that the Alabama Senate would not be happy if the mosque on the other side <laughs> of town suddenly wanted their own police force. I hope they do it just to raise the issue. Like, yeah. Can you I, I hope the satanic temple <laughs> asks I, I, I was going to say, you know, <laughs> yeah. those goofy Satanists. <laughs> but, but yes, there's all sorts of unconstitutionality going on here, and I think it will be struck down by the first courted encounters, well, assuming the, that it passes the House. The, the college that I went to had been a male seminary, and I'm, you know, it, yeah. it's sort of interesting that it, there are things that are on the border. Is that why of the you're wearing the sweater vest? <laughs> yeah, I, I tell you, I've always been a guy. You just yeah. can't tell. But, um, so I, I that pushed my thinking about it because I didn't have because I'm very much a separation of church and state. But I understand why a Holy Cross or a Boston College that you know is run by the Jesuits. Sure, but here's the thing: uh, you don't have to be a, uh, a, a Catholic to go to Boston College. You may not want to, but you don't have to be. You don't have to be Mormon to go to Brigham and Young University. And, you know, you don't have to be religious at all, or you can be a To totally go to any church? You can go to any church, even if you're not a member. I, I often in my life have gone to churches I wasn't I, a member of. I would of point them. out that that's not necessarily true. There are churches where you have to be a member to get in the door. Well, in Mormons, I wouldn't be able to go into the high... Right, you know, the but I mean, into the certain buildings aren't allowed. And women you, cer- aren't allowed. you certainly could not become a member of the church without being a member of the religion. Yeah. If I was Jewish, yeah. for example, and tried to go and join this Presbyterian church, they're not going to let me become a member. Yeah. On the other hand, I can be Jewish and go to Holy Cross. In fact, yeah. I know Jewish people who go to Holy Cross. And yeah. you can be non-Jewish and go to the Reformed um, temples that are here in Northampton with no problem. Yeah. 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 So and of course, anybody can go to the UU church. Right. Yeah. So all of which is to say that because university, a university is a different kind of thing than a church, a church is explicitly a place to be religious. That's, that's what it is. It's a religious or organization with a, with a special building. It's like that's what it is. What and to say f- like this particular— tax. Well, then they should hire private security and work out some kind of deal with their and local police force, which many churches do. And, and that's sort who of where do you they think started. is attacking the Presbyterians. Oh, I, I don't know these days. I think any day you could pick. I, I don't know, but uh, but if they're <laughs> those seriously, Baptists, they're <laughs> charging at it. Hey, if they're seriously concerned and they want to hire, only if prof- you're dancing and they want professionals, they could hire a private security force because they're out there. there I are think out that's there. where they started, but, right? But and, and and B, they can certainly talk to their local police force, saying like, "We have concerns, and please provide us with extra security." And they might well. And C, it is Alabama, a place. Famous for people who would like to, you know, own their own guns. So how many of the people in that church are already packing? Yeah. You know, like, why do they need a police force? I just why do they need the power to arrest people? You I just got an image of, go into of a Baptist yeah. shield wall forming outside the <laughs> Presbyterian yeah. Church. Yeah. But um, the UMass, um, they made some arrangement, you know, the town and gown arrangement. Yeah. Be, and I believe that the— That's, um, that's U- been in place for years. The Smith yeah. College police but they just are auxiliaries to the Northampton police. Yeah, and they, they did that with UMass and that there's certain houses that the UMass police used to not be able to go and enforce. And they've opened it up in the last year so that they could enforce some of the non-party stuff. Yeah, okay. So just because so, the police are being run ragged, so— Yeah, well, it's it, and it's a totally different— 
like I said, I, I really think it's a totally different thing. I, I, but I, those rowdy parishioners, you know, sometimes they just get right out of hand. Well, that's true. I actually have an ancestor who was fined by the ecclesiastic court in London for brawling in church. <laughs> I have an ancestor who was, uh, uh, I forget exactly what the penalty was, but he was disfigured by drink <laughs> and got into hot water with his parish. That was in Haverhill yep. in the 1650s, if I remember correctly. My my family has been perfectly legal and <laughs> law-abiding. I have no idea if there, I have a relative that ever did anything like I that, but who knows. Yeah, I, I'm, I sometimes sit around thinking, you know, what the hell was he fighting about? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't believe in this Trinity thing, punch. <laughs> So speaking of people fighting about things, oh. let's, let's move to something uh, uh, away. Like I think that story that, that story about the uh, uh, Dr. Dow being thrown off the plane, I, th- I think is is a big deal, and I think that's a, sort of a trend we should maybe think and talk about in the future. Sort of the way in which like power of corporations versus individuals uh, is is being sort of distorted. But uh, let's focus right now for the next ten minutes or so before we take a break. On, uh, you know, what do you think about uh, our missile strike on Syria with seven days later? Like, when we talked about it last week, we were like... Um, this World War Three. <laughs> well, I mean, we thought, may- you know, like, all of us were like, maybe this is okay? Like, at least this seems like a not stupid way to do something like this, and well, maybe it'll be we, good. We've had and a lot of discussions yeah. about this on our Facebook page. Yeah. And... And other places, and other places. So, but let's boil it down because a lot of people haven't heard that or or whatever seen it. Yes. Uh, Well, I first of all would like to take the position that I am still very much in favor of a strike on the Syrian airbase that launched the sarin attack, and we are, by the way, now certain that it was sarin. A number of organizations that have looked into it found sarin gas on the ground in that place. However, the way it was done was so badly botched that it basically wasn't worth doing. They didn't hit the actual runway, for yeah. example. So the thing was up and working 12 hours later. Yeah. They flew all of the planes that were capable of flying out of the area. Yeah. They because had a warning. we told the Russians, the Russians told the Syrians, and everybody took their jets and flew them elsewhere. Yeah. And then 12 hours later, they flew them back, and they were launching sorties. Yeah. So, yeah, it was completely and Although utterly worthless. I think they didn't have any fuel there. They had to bring more fuel back in. Yes, because they did hit the fuel depot, but all you have to do is drive in with a fuel truck, yeah. and that solves that problem. So as, as a tactical military uh, endeavor, it was, a warning. it was a total botch. It was a warning shot across the bow. At best, yeah. And maybe, not much of a warning if you give them a, a an actual <laughs> warning first. Yeah. So. so that one, everybody sort of agreed, not I, a terrible thing to do, probably no, a good I, thing to send and a signal. I, I still think that it would be a good idea. By the way, uh, last week I was talking about the munitions necessary to destroy the sarin. We do, in fact, now in our inventory have... Uh, thermal devices that could have burned up the sarin if they wanted to do so. Something else that was pointed out to me by a by an Air Force colonel is... And what would he know? <laughs> is <laughs> that everybody there had to know that they were loading the sarin gas because, one, the munitions that you use for that are colored differently. 
they're color coded, and you know that it's you know that it's a gas bomb. Secondly, and they're going to look different. The guys yeah. that are loading it are wearing mop suits. The, the in case they leak the chemical suits. Yeah, because yes. sarin on your skin will kill you. Will kill you. So. You have all of this stuff in advance. There's no way that the Russians didn't know that, that this was being done. It would literally be impossible. Did you hear what Assad was saying? He just yes, is I did. such a liar. <laughs> it was amazing. Oh, I, he, it was I awful. He made some statement, and he said, uh, it, said it's all lies or something. But yeah, and made up so that they could attack, the U.S. could attack. And it's just He's just a mealy-mouthed yeah. storyteller. But I, anyway... <laughs> It was hard to watch. I mean, who's going to believe that? Because, I mean, I think we've established pretty clearly over the past 50, 60 years that we are perfectly capable of attacking people for no darn reason other than (laughs) that we feel like it and not even hiding it, really, you know? Well, and then we hit something else we shouldn't have, right? We hit uh, uh, yes, somebody we in had the, a friendly not fire Not in that incident. missile strike. No, not separate. Not in the missile strike. It was yeah. a separate attack. They got the wrong information about the location of armed men, and so we killed... Our, front our line. friendlies. Yeah, our front line of uh, Kurdish rebels. Peshmerga fighters, I yeah. think. Yeah. And of course, we also, since we're talking about this, uh, well, one of the big concerns I've seen a number of people raise is that they're really worried that uh, the uh, missile attack we launched la- last Thursday uh, is going to have bad effects because uh, they observed that President Trump seems to basically do everything he does for ratings and for positive ratings. And if he's getting good press, for looking tough and launching this attack, that he's going to do more of that kind of His stuff. His polls went up six percent after the strike in Syria, and then of course he dropped the big bomb in Afghanistan. Exactly. So more of the same. Yeah. So uh, that was a uh, a massive ordnance aerial bombardment. Massive ordnance air blast. Air blast. Right, air blast. Also called the mother of all bombs. Yes, it's uh, Moab. And so. it's in the family of daisy cutters, right? But uh, this no, one has that's, navigation. That's slightly different. In, in, terms of, in terms of it being a very big non-nuclear explosive, yes. In terms of how it works, it's... It's got navigation where the other one didn't. We don't want to go into the weeds here, but the daisy cutter is like basically something that you have to drop with a parachute, and it's sort of low and slow yeah. and... And it's great if you aren't super concerned about dr- doing it in actual battlefield conditions, whereas the MOAB is something you can drop from much higher altitude, and it's got precision guidance. And it doesn't but have it does, its own engine, but it has but a fin. But it does fin pull out with a parachute, and then the well, it, ga- it, guidance takes it's over. It's dropped from a, a Hercules, and a C-180. Oh, those huge cargo planes. Uh, not the C, not the C five. Not the Galaxy. Not the Galaxy. These are the smaller Hercules. They're still pretty big. Uh, they're still pretty big. Yes, but um, you basically open the back of the plane and it drags it out, and it drops. And the navigation yeah. takes over. And at a certain altitude, it detonates. This is not a penetrator. Yeah. It, yeah. It, the idea is, I think it explodes like. Six feet above the above the surface, or something like that. Maybe ten it feet. It depends on how you set close it. Close to the surface. The point is that they want the blast to sort of go to suck all the air out of everywhere and then burn with fuel. Well, and yeah. and just knock everything down. They specifically want to, you know, scour the surface and not dig out a big crater. It's a massive Whatever happened high to the neutron bomb? I was always a fan of the neutron bomb. I don't know what happened uh, that. It <laughs> that's was a terrible idea to begin with. It's banned. And oh, it's banned. That's yes, what happened. It's to illegal it. under international it's law. Dangerous. Well, basically, it kills th- every living thing. Well, the point of a neutron bomb is you're still setting off a nuclear bomb. You just configured it in such a way that it's going to send out more uh, high radiation, en- yeah. high energy neutrons, which will disrupt organic life. 
but not do much damage to, you know, concrete and steel and whatnot. But then you can use the runways, so. Exactly. But it's, but, it's really but just the, not a good the idea. The Moab is 22,600 pounds of high explosive. And so basically 300 meters in every direction gets flattened. So compared yeah. to a nuclear bomb, it's about one-eighth? Oh, less one than fifth? that. Less than that. Yeah. Much, like, like 1%. I think, let's see, the uh, Fat Man bomb was, what, 10 kilotons or something? 20 is my recollection. The second one was bigger, right? The first, the first one was the little boy. Maybe was ten. Yeah, uh, but still, I can't believe we're talking about bombs, and you guys are like independent and Democrats. Ten thousand. <laughs> um, the history uh, of the development of nuclear weapons is sort of one of the things that kind of comes up when you study the history of science in the twentieth century, which is <laughs> one of the things I did in grad school. So you know, uh, we generally got what uh, little boy was between twelve and eight uh, kilotons, and um, fat man. W- it was estimated to be between 18 and 23. Right. There you go. Okay. Thank you, John Rock. No so, trouble. Yeah. So anyway, so horrible. And remember, that's thousands of tons. So, And this is 20. This is two? basically 11 tons. 22. Yes. Yeah. So the yes. difference between like, you know, 11,000 tons and 11 tons yeah. is, is the difference. So it's like a, like a thousand tons. A factor tons. of 10. Yeah. yeah. That's oh, what I thought. One in 10. 10. <laughs> yeah. Factor of, you know, several thousand. All right. So anyway, oh, and we're running up, co- coming up on the end of the uh, first half of the show here. So, but um, on that cheery note, <laughs> on that cheery note, yeah. Well, we'll so, talk more about nuclear weapons when we come back. Well, hopefully, we'll move off of <laughs> nuclear weapons, but that is certainly a. Cons- actually, we probably won't because we should also talk about North Korea and how we seem to be fumble fingering that. Uh, just before we go to break, I do just want to mention. Uh, that uh, you are listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, and uh, we do hope you'll uh, be with us when we come back in a couple of minutes after we play some PSAs. Thanks. Be right back. What did they just say? If you often find yourself asking that, you may benefit from the new audio-enhancing technology available at the Forbes Library in Northampton. Designed to work with or without a hearing aid, The new and improved audio-visual systems in our meeting rooms, along with countertop loop systems at our service desks, are some of the new technology the library now has. With federal funds provided by the Institute of Museum and Library Services and administered by the Massachusetts Board of Library Commissioners. You'll now find hearing the librarian and guest lecturers a whole lot easier. Call 413-587-1017 or email info at ForbesLibrary.org to find out more. You spin me right round, baby, right round. Oration Duck in the suit. is a Reach out, touch base. Tune in to Subculture, the best in new wave, electro, dance, indie pop, and funk music. Friday nights from 8 to 10 here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJ 103.3 FM. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres. 
and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized and orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. This is Professor Howard Zinn. The independent, non-commercial radio station you're listening to is really important in the maintenance of democracy. Thomas Jefferson once said, an informed democracy will behave in a reasonable manner. So if you care about being informed, if you care about democracy, if you're a reasonable person, you are, of course. Please support your source for uncensored news and views and the voice of your community. Valley Free Radio is a proud member of Pioneer Valley Local First. Pioneer Valley Local First, encouraging people to think local so they buy and bank local first. Pioneer Valley Local First also works to encourage companies in a friendly way to be socially, locally, and environmentally responsible. Thank you, Pioneer Valley Local First, for your support. This is Ruthie from Pedal People with a public service announcement. If you frequent downtown Northampton or Florence and you pass by the recycling and trash bins on the street, the public ones, I'm here to let you know that cups are not recyclable. No plastic cups, no paper cups, no styrofoam cups, no clear cups, red cups, blue cups, yellow cups, no insulated cups. Because if you put cups in the recycling bin, it means either I pick them out or someone at the sorting facility picks them out in Springfield, or it contaminates the whole load too much that the whole load is considered trash. Or if you can just bring your own cup all together and not have disposable cups, that'd be even better. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your cooperation. And we're back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael, that's still George and Susan. And I should just uh, mention once again that we love to hear from you. And uh, you can contact us via email, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org, at civilpoliticsfm on Twitter, and facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio on Facebook. That's our community. Also, we do have a website, which is civilpoliticsradio.com. And uh, you can listen to recordings of previous episodes of the show. Uh, And also, if you have... You know, iTunes or any other way of listening to podcasts, we do uh, uh, publish our recordings of previous episodes that way. So you you can listen to us in unreal time as well as real time streaming over the Internet from ValleyFreeRadio.org or listening to us via the magic of the Marconi uh, device. It's a whole timey-wimey thing. Yes, indeed. We're wibbly and wobbly. Did you say the dulcet tones of no and was it? <laughs> you always say about music. I can't remember what you say. It's the funniest thing. I don't listen to what I say either. <laughs> I don't know why the rest of you. Really, I wonder. The creative tinkerings of <laughs> or something like that. I'm being paid by the CIA to listen to everything you say. <laughs> wow! I hope you get hazard pay. <laughs> You're <laughs> this is a volunteer radio station. Wait a minute. <laughs> He's well, getting paid. I didn't say I was being paid by the radio station. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, George, I know you wanted to, to – there's a topic you want to get to, but I, I think we were sort of – we ended the first half talking about nuclear weapons and uh, what we think about the, the how the Trump administration is handling things with Syria and Russia, which I think in a nutshell is not well, but – 
maybe there's something more we want to say about that or the way we're now seem to be suddenly ratcheting up tensions with North Korea. In a, in you mean just ways? because we sent a carrier task force to sail around off the coast of North Korea and threaten them? Uh, that would certainly be a reason, yeah. We're, we and North Korea are worrying China. <laughs> yeah, and we also did, you know, the Secretary of State did say basically like, hey, you know, if they don't want to talk to us, that's fine. We can handle it. I forget exactly what yeah. the next television it was said, pretty threatening, said if actually. China, if China won't take care of them, we will. Right. And, yeah, China, the last thing they want is a bunch of nuclear weapons going off next to their border because given where the winds are going and whatnot – Fallout could drift over their territory, uh, well, which I, would be bad. I heard nobody <laughs> wants nuclear weapons going off, but they're even worse when they're close by. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I heard that, um, and I I think this is true, but it may not be that China hasn't even invited him, uh, Kim Jong Un, to China, which all his, the predecessors were invited. That they actually have kept him at a a I, slight distance. I wouldn't be surprised. Well, they're probably worried that he's going to try to smear the ex over their faces <laughs> or something <laughs> if he visits uh, and and i mean you do it to your own brother <laughs> yeah but he had women do that you know they're disposable yeah. right so uh, sorry yeah no <laughs> you don't need to apologize it was just a the north koreans <laughs> do wasn't it a circus uh, they yeah, convinced they they thought and, they and remember, people into thinking it was a reality show yeah and remember that kim jong-un is worse than hitler because hitler never oh uh sorry oh. that was assad <laughs> And yes, <gasps> Spicer. Yes, I, I think he's. Um, we're talking about him. He needs to go. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time for him to go. Yeah, that was I'd, so bad. I don't think President Trump is planning to get rid of him anytime soon. Uh, apparent, apparently, Spicer considers Zyklon B to be alternative soap or something. Uh, I, yeah, uh, I think uh, he was talking about using it on the battlefield, but there was no excuse for not sure. realizing what he said. Yeah, and if he had put it as. A, at least Hitler never used chemical munitions on the battlefield. Right. Technically, that's historically true. And and yeah. and and the thing is, people threw him a lifeline. Uh, you Did know, you mean the what about <laughs> the Holocaust? If he sort of said like, oh, oh, Koyashikov, of course, you're right. I, you know, I meant in a battlefield context. But like, but like I, I can almost kind of see that. Instead, but. what he did was refer to the death camps as Holocaust centers. Yeah, people at the Holocaust Center <laughs> in Washington D.C. were not <laughs> pleased by this. Yeah, but they didn't mostly didn't hear about it for several days because it was the beginning of Passover. Mm. And <sighs> then, um, yeah, do you know Bannon, who's sort of falling out of favor, has Apparently. been calling um, Kushner the Democrat and the, and yes. the Jew or something. That it's it's bad. Inside. I had heard him calling yeah. him the <laughs> Jew. I mean, yeah. wow, talk about like, <laughs> yeah. by the way, I'm well, a flaming <laughs> anti-Semite. Hello. Yeah. Well, the Demo the Democratic Jew, I forget, but he's been just trying to just, oh my God, I think he's gone too. Trump, we'll see. Plan, Trump, well, <laughs> he doesn't have a good track record of, of performing well for Trump. He's he's made some blunders and made Trump look bad. Yeah. I mean, Sean Spicer, I think in the end, Trump likes the way he just Yells at Where's people. Ivanka's shoes? Oh, I'm sorry. That was no. That was somebody that else. Was, <laughs> that was this parody of him. But he might be wearing uh, her shoes as well. well the parody know. actually makes a lot more sense than the stuff that Spicer says. It, it yeah. does. But what a terrible mistake! And the week of Passover. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, just talk about just poor, bad. And and, sp and speaking of, it's 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 rude and it's dumb. Yeah. Yes. 
It's just well, these these people really have no dump. sense of history. Yeah. And but you know, speaking of those who remember the past and sometimes choose to repeat it anyway, we have the matter of Chechnya, where apparently they oh are Christ. setting up detention yeah. centers for homosexuals. Yeah. They're okay. torturing them and and torturing them, and demanding and that they give up the names of other. Homosexuals, so that they can go and torture them too. And my understanding is that actually, at least uh, the, there have been some murders. Some of these Jew big gay men have just been murdered. Yeah, some of them have also simply disappeared. Some people who have been picked up and taken to the detention center, who, which is being referred to as a concentration camp by some people, oh, technically wow. it's not. Uh, but these people have just been taken there and just never came back. Right. And Which according to the Chechens, oh, they're not here. We've never heard of these people. A while ago, I read a really good book called right. The Sixth Extinction. I have to say, Elizabeth when you, Colbert. Yeah, when you hear stories like this, you just wonder if maybe it's time for man to go. <laughs> yeah, but what about women? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, man means everybody. <laughs> In this context. <laughs> Are you sure? No. <laughs> what is it if we can send one man to the moon? Why can't we send them all? <laughs> Famous sayings yes. from the 60s. Oh, I never heard that one. That you never great. heard that? One? I'm showing my I age. I was born in 1970. Yeah. Um, so. You and I, George, are I closer in age. I've forgotten the name of, she was a very famous feminist <laughs> who said that. Not Steinem? Uh, no. Uh, Jermaine Greer, maybe? No, no. I think it was somebody else. Yeah. At any rate, <laughs> if you could send me to the moon, I would actually go. Yeah, but would What's you more, if you could send me to the moon of Saturn, I'd oh. really go. Oh, yeah. There's vents under there, and there's water under the ice. Enceladus. Quite yeah. likely, yeah. yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. Enceladus? Yep. No. You mean this, the, that's the name of the, Is the That's name the name of the, of the moon. <laughs> Enchilada? you meant Enchilada. No, never mind. No, not Enchiladas. <laughs> no, you don't get to cover the moon with cheese. <laughs> and I thought oh, you meant sal green. salads because you were speaking Spanish before. Oh, yeah. No, no fun. No, yeah. Well. <laughs> The, the moon is called Enceladus, but I wouldn't <laughs> mind some salada tea, a salad, and an enchilada. Yeah, but it has those vents that we have at the bottom of our Pacific Ocean, mm -hmm. which are very interesting because they're high pressure, high temperature, yeah. supercritical, and do magical things with water. So yeah. so maybe, well, I don't know. There are also places that... What kind of politics do they have? That humans <laughs> previously thought that nothing could live, but they are just swarming Teeming. with life. Yep. Mm. Things that like it hot and... Yeah. Hot and sulfury. Some like it hot. <laughs> yeah. So, um, is there anything a uh, Marilyn Monroe reference? I'm sorry. I'm just right. like no, back in the fifties right now. I'm just going back. So sorry, guys. That's <laughs> okay. We know who Marilyn Monroe is. <laughs> Tony Curtis and Jack Lemmon. It's a funny <laughs> movie. It's a good movie. So, um, just before we move off to other things, I just uh, is there anything you you see positive in terms of how, uh, in a positive light in terms of how we're handling our, uh, Syria or foreign policy in general or North Korea. I mean, it just to me, it looks like it's a lot of flailing, a lot of nobody really knows what's going on. And like there's that interview uh, President Trump did with, I think it was Fox Business, where he was t was asked about like, so the decision when he actually made the decision to launch missiles at Syria. And he vividly remembered that he was eating chocolate cake with, prime, with Premier Xi of China 
but couldn't quite remember exactly which country he'd ordered the attack on. Yes. <laughs> not, not only that, but he openly admitted that he knew nothing about East Asia and that the premier of China taught him things about East Asia, which is why he changed his mind about calling the Chinese currency, manipulator. currency manipulators and why, why he learned certain things about North Korea. Well, I prefer my presidents to know things about places before they become president. Or before they meet with a foreign leader. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's a pretty steep learning curve for you to go in there and say, oh, well, a guy leading a country that's more or less hostile to the United States, thank you for teaching me about <laughs> this stuff that Your I should have known quite a long time ago. Well, you might even... Even not knowing that stuff, it doesn't seem to me so much to ask that he might actually learn something from the many experts that the government hires Buff up a little bit and before. retains <laughs> to like handle these things. Exactly, yeah. Did you hear him say that, uh, Trump, say that he actually gave an open authorization to the military around the yes. um, bomb? And that I didn't like very much. God, no. That's a <laughs> terrible idea. Yeah, because that's basically not that I don't like Mattis. I actually think he's much more rational than Trump. But to, to say that, that basically you have yes. a, you have an open... Trump, Trump has also said that he doesn't trust experts because he knows more than the experts. I actually have a more than quote, the generals even, right? a <laughs> quote months, yeah. from uh, Trump that I put up on my Facebook page. I will transfer it over to the civil politics page. Uh, he was quoted in the Washington Post today um, with that. And again, I like a president who actually listens to <laughs> experts because you can't possibly know everything on your own. Heck, yeah. even we here in the studio don't know everything. Well, maybe Stefan over there, but... <laughs> <laughs> he hides it well. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if the Bernie Sanders was doing some new podcast. I wonder if he's covered some of these topics yet. I don't. I haven't listened to any of them, I so haven't I don't listened know. to it either. But I they just started up, right? Oh, so it's Bernie Sanders actually sort it's of... A podcast interviewing experts. That's what yes. made me think of it, so oh, sorry. Oh, well, yeah. that's, a, that's a good idea. How presidential of him. <laughs> Womp womp. Yes, well, he would certainly be a better president than the guy we've got in there now. That's true. So I think uh, we're Of course, I think my left shoe might be a better president than the guy we've got in there now. Maybe. I, but I not your right shoe. I've seen that shoe. Yes. I, I think we're doing a lot of shock and awe. I think that's what his, you but know. But the thing is, we're not doing it to any effect. Well, Which we'll isn't very see. shocking or <laughs> awing. Well, I, yeah. I would point out that Assad launched sorties from the very air base that we hit Within 14 hours and hit of the, the missiles landing. And hit the hospitals where the victims of the sarin gas were, I from think what so I understand. So how shocked, That's my understanding. how shocked do you think he could be? Well, he was busy. He certainly, uh, <laughs> it certainly wasn't very intimidating <coughs> to him, clearly. And, and after all of that, we still have Kim Jong-un and the North Koreans saying that they're going to test missiles and a nuclear this weapon this weekend. Yeah. So again... Not really shocked or awed by this. Yeah. What we've got here is effectively the gang who couldn't shoot straight. They have no idea what they're doing. They have no idea what, what, I don't know. what effect foreign <laughs> p 
policy has on things, and they are removing funding from the part of foreign policy that everybody in foreign countries likes, which is foreign aid, Hmm. which helps prevent the need for bombing places with really expensive munitions. Yeah. Yeah, I think that was a book by Jimmy Breslin, the gang that couldn't shoot straight. Who's Jimmy Breslin? He was a columnist from... He just passed away. Yeah, he was a really good, um, interesting storyteller. He he also went around interviewing people at their work and wrote one of the seminal books on the subject. Oh, yeah? Yeah. But he always had a good story from the streets. Sort of a tough guy. Old school. Ah. But the game, the the gang that couldn't shoot straight, was a really famous book. It it really was like I've a heard New the York name, Times. but I didn't know yeah, be- anything about it. Yeah, bestseller at it the about? time. Um, you young pup. I I think <laughs> it was about the police and and screw ups and oh, the Chicago, Chicago police department. And yeah, yeah. Why well. the Chicago police department <laughs> never makes any mistakes? Yeah. No, they mean to hold people illegally and torture them. It was and probably shoot a big them in the back sixteen times. It's probably a big expose for the time. So, yeah, of course, you know, we've gone way beyond that. All those things have been cleaned up, I'm sure. Well, yes. So. And, <laughs> and, you know, as we were saying earlier, we still have cases of police. There was one, I think it was in California, where a cop dragged a guy to the ground for jaywalking and oh, kicked him repeatedly. Yeah. And then another cop arrived and beat the guy and kicked him repeatedly for yeah. jaywalking. Because, yeah. well, you know, that's like one of the worst of the crimes. You know what's nice, George, is they actually had the police reports before the video came out. They actually turned in the police reports and they didn't match the video. Usually they, d- they hold the police reports till they mm. see what comes out of the woodwork. Mm. And the police reports came out and none of the events were mentioned that appear in the tape yeah. Yeah. by either policeman. So they kind of have them. But I think they were saying they're going to have uh, cameras on Chicago police by the end of the year, right? That's uh, the I think the mayor is trying to do that. And right now we've got a discussion going on in Springfield, Massachusetts, which is not too far from where we are currently sitting, hmm. uh, as to whether or not they are going to put uh, body cams on police there. They're saying that it's difficult because there's all this stuff they need to work through. Guys, it's not that difficult. This protects the police as much as it does the citizenry. So when somebody says, yes, he shoved his nightstick up my woohoo, um, you can show on camera that that didn't happen. Hmm. There's lots of things yeah. that you can do, and it might prevent the police from doing some of the things that they've been doing. Last year, a 1,000 policemen in this country were convicted, not just accused, but convicted of rape. Really? And a lot of that happened while they were on duty. Yeah. Well, one of the, uh, I think one of the keys to good government, which even whether we believe in small government or not, I think we all agree that good government's better than not, but I think one of the Go ahead, Sue. And better than none. Are you going to say that it is sunlight is a good thing? Because, you know, they just shut down the logs of the White House. I was going to say <laughs> the account- visitor logs. Yes. I was going to say <laughs> accountability. <laughs> but I suppose sunlight is a, is a metaphor for that. But, yeah, accountability, the idea that, like, someone's keeping an eye on you and you have to answer for what you do. And a lot of the times the problems with police violence are about lack of accountability, about, you know, like, beating somebody up and feeling like you can do it with impunity. I, I, I feel like part of the reason why Dr. Dow got – uh, manhandled the way he was is they just felt like, you know, who who's going to notice, who's going to care, you know. It's just, yeah. you know. And, and apparently they're, they're forgetting that 
lots and lots of people now have phones that can record this sort of thing and that people do. Yeah. And and I understand it's one the of the great equalizer. I understand yeah, in a in a in a better one than a gun. Uh one of the uh officers actually I think has been suspended for the way he treated Dr. I think Dow, all three so. at this point. I don't know about all three, but certainly yeah. one of them I, was. I'm not certain I haven't heard anything yeah. about that. Yeah. But but we do know that this sort of thing happens all the time and really shouldn't. No. And some no, part of shouldn't. the problem is that you have places where you have police who are not necessarily well-trained. Around here, we tend to have well-trained police. The Northampton police, although we've had a few uh, lemons in the bunch, um, are largely very well-trained, very professional. Even up in, say, Greenfield, they're very professionally trained. They go through a long training process. But some of the smaller towns, that's simply not true. You basically get the chief's son-in-law, you give him a badge and a gun. And maybe you send him to the part-time academy at some point. Hmm. Uh, okay, well, I, I guess we're n we only got about three minutes left here, so we can't really get, get into this. But like, maybe that's something we should, uh, that we should talk about at some point in the future. Like, how do we train police? What are the standards for it, you know? And it's certainly... It, it's quite variable police. Well, maybe we could invite in the police chief in Northampton or oh, something. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, yeah. maybe have a guest or something. Well, and I'd uh, give up my seat for <laughs> law and order. <laughs> I was hoping we could maybe still include you. But yeah, <laughs> no. but I, I would also point out, um, I'm reminded there was a, a recent uh, decision by Attorney General Jeff Jefferson Beauregard Sessions the Jefferson third. Beauregard Sessions the third. Um Absolutely. There is a, uh, or there soon was, a an independent sort of scientific advisory board. I forget yes. exactly what it's called. But it basically was advising the Just Department, Justice Department on matters to do with forensic science used to investigate crimes and whatnot. Yes. And, and trying to set better standards because apparently um, not all forensic science is bunk, but it's like some of the conclusions that they were drawing weren't actually supported by evidence and that there aren't good standards you know, certainly, especially across the nation, like like some police departments are are and 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 state police officers or state police, state polices around the country, police police forces. Thank you. Yes, um, <laughs> I could see your quizzical look. I could find it eventually. <laughs> are better than others, um, but even ones where uh, there is an effort to do well, like in Massachusetts. Well, uh, er, let's perhaps. Not forget that you can just have plain old malfeasance as well. Yes. So Such as the woman who yes. who basically ruined so many drug cases that 23,000 drug cases in Massachusetts are going, to have to be re are going to have to be reviewed. Yeah. I can't remember her name. Docan, Doran. Do yeah, something like that. But there were two of them, actually. I think. Yeah, there's the a different diff yeah. different problem as well. Yeah, there's yes. a second one, too. But it's, what, yes, 20,000 cases or 23, something? 23,000. Yeah. yeah. But think about that. 23,000 people, some of whom have already served their time, yeah. and now have to go back and get this revision and perhaps get it wiped clean. Yeah. And then you've got people who are still in prison because... Dukin is her name. Dukin, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, Annie Dukin. And some of those people, of course, you know, may have been innocent. May, uh, some of those people, of course, may have been guilty. That's uh, that's certainly true. But and they may go free now because right. of what she did. And some of those people uh, probably might, well, out of 23,000, I'm sure some of them 
were we'll not guilty, but took a, but pled guilty for a lesser sentence because it's like we've got a drug test back and it's positive, and it's like, well, like I know I didn't have drugs, but like they've got a test result that I'm not going to be able to ar- out argue in court, so I might as well say, yeah, sure, you got me, and take one year instead of five. There was a case in Oklahoma just a few years ago, uh, a similar matter where the person doing the forensics work simply wasn't doing it, and. A few people you were convicted. Yeah, a few people were convicted because they had a bag of gypsum wallboard, and there were chunks of wallboard in the bag. Obviously, pieces of wallboard, and yet they were still convicted of possession of cocaine. Wow. So, uh, all right. So, wrapping it up. But uh, Attorney General Sessions decided that uh, the Justice Department doesn't need to listen to that kind of advice, get that kind of advice, or promote that kind of advice in law enforcement around the country. So, talk about bad government. Six extinction is on its way. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Join us again next week. Yes. Anyway, so that's it tonight for civil oh politics uh, here on Valley Free Radio. Thank you all for listening. Stay tuned for subculture with the best in uh, uh, new wave, funk, dance, electro, and a lot of other cool stuff uh, coming up in just a few minutes. So uh, that's all for tonight. We'll be back with more civil politics next week. Until then, thank you and good night.